Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yep. Emergency episodes. Hello. Welcome along to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Today I've put aside all plans. And I've got Jack from the Snuts on today's episode. The reason being... They're in a chart battle this week to be number one in the UK official albums chart. They're up against Demi Lovato. If they get to number one this Friday afternoon, they'll be the first Scottish band in 14 years to top the official albums chart. 
14 years since the View release Hats Off to the Buskers in 2007. It is our duty, if we ever had one, to help this band get to number one on Friday. Thank you for listening. As always, if you haven't subscribed, you know how to. This is episode 98 of a show where I get to speak to so many of our favourite bands loosely about the jobs they've had between tours, survival, keeping themselves sane and all that stuff. Go ahead and subscribe. Scroll back to see what episodes I've had before. But more importantly, buy a copy of WL, the debut album by The Snuts. They've been working on it for 10 years. That is your job this week to go and buy that record and try and get them to number one against Demi Lovato. East London's signature brew have been brewing beers since 2011 with bands like Mastodon, Idols, Slaves, Sports Team. If you go to their website, signaturebrew.co.uk and you live in the UK, you can order beers of all sorts directly to your door. And with the voucher code 101 podcast, all capitals, you can get 10% off. All right, here's Jack from the Snuts. Go well. Cheers. Jack, how's it been going the last couple of weeks, couple of months? All firing for WL, right? Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's been quite nice, you know, with the world being shut down a bit, you know, just to kind of focus in um, on the things that, you know, we felt like we were doing right, the things we've been doing wrong, um, just as a band, making sure that, you know, we come out of this the other end just 10 times the band that we were going in. And that's a big part of it, right? Because, I mean, like, I guess everyone's going to deal with it their own way, but, you know, you touched on it then, being able to look at yourself objectively and being yeah, like, how do we do this the way that we like it now, but we're also going to reflect on it positively? Absolutely, man. How have you dealt with that over the years? Because I think we're a similar age, but we're, we're quite young. Do you know what I mean? Like, Just. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> there's a lot to learn. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think for us, probably one of the best things, you know, that, that's happened to us as a band is just being kind of put in spaces and, you know, and with people and producers um, have kind of allowed us to kind of step out you know, in the brackets, it maybe you can kind of find yourself being kind of stuck inside as an indie band, especially in the UK, you know, um, I think a lot of people expect you to make one type of music, you know, and I think it's actually, you know, you find that you're actually much more true to yourself and true to the music you like and listen to and want to make if you kind of forget about those brackets um, and those kind of, that kind of UK indie genre. And I think you can just make something, you know, that's fresh and is going to kind of help propel guitar music and in the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all grew up reading the NME and I suppose there's yeah, man. there's like this particular model that I imagine that, you know, anyone could uh, could feel the pressure of trying to fit into, you know, what you think it is, trying to be something that you think you should be. Yeah, I think, I th- I think especially maybe at the start of our journey as a band, you know, it was something we were pretty conscious of, but we noticed pretty quickly that all that really does is kind of hold you back, especially creatively. Right. You know, um, there's been so many, so many great bands came out of the country. You know, especially in this genre, that I think the most important thing that you can do as a band, in my opinion, is just make sure that you're being yourself and stepping, stepping outside that. You know, it's, it's, oh. it's great to take influences from the stuff that you loved and, uh, you know, and the stuff that you know your fans love. I think is important as well. But I think it's just more important to just be true to yourself and create music. Um that is going to be different and, you know, is going to still have hints of what people love about you. Um, but just, just never never standing still um, and just kind of making sure you're keeping up with the world as well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when you started the band, I mean, this is a, this is a podcast about the kind of different side jobs that you have between tours. And, you know, obviously the last year has been completely different, but you were kind of lauded to like have your kind of 
break, you know, over the last year or so, and yeah, it's, you know, it's still happening. It's in the throes of it. I mean, at yeah. what point did you, at what point for you and the rest of the guys, was it like, okay, this is our job now? Yeah, I think it was, you know, I think for us, it, we were always really driven at the start. Um, after we decided just to put out some demos really early doors, um, just seeing how they were received, you know, it just pushed us forward, you know, in terms of ambition-wise and just dedication, you know, to the craft. Um, you know, we'll practice seven days seven days a week. You know, we're a full-time wow. job. We, we practice seven days a week. That's what we always do. We still do, man. It's pretty wild, wow. actually. Um, but I think, you know, just having, having... I think it's important just for young bands to be able to share their music, you know, and it doesn't really matter which what the quality is like or the format, I think, in the early days. You know, I think there's a big pressure now in the way that pe- people digest music, that everything has to be you know, Spotify ready, YouTube ready, you know, it has to be the full package. But I think for us, being able to kind of develop that package as we've, as we've kind of grew as a band um, has been quite important. Um, so that was that was a plan, you know, practice, put out music, um, be dedicated. And then um, we were always like, you know, we need to get signed to get off of the tools, basically. Right, um, yeah, yeah. And that was a big ambition for us. So when that happened, you know, again, it's just another, another part of the journey that kind of propelled us ambition-wise. Was it sort of painful at times to be developing in the, you know, in the public eye? You have to kind of put yourself out there to exist, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think certainly now um, people's opinions are so, um, like, so accessible, man. I think, I feel like, you know, back in the day, it'd be much easier, you know, just to ignore any criticisms. But I think they're so, um, they're so upfront and so out there and so easy to find. Um, I think that's another thing you've just got to, kind of ignore you know just uh just be just make the music you want to make um i think you can always tell you know um music that's made with you know real conviction and honesty and hard work you know people have got to receive well um regardless of, regardless of all the kind of nonsense and the kind of bullshit you get <laughs> nowadays i think a lot of my favorite records you know where i remember you know when, and a lot of new bands you know i'm talking about you know the first listen of a record you can really feel when someone's putting themselves out to be vulnerable. Yeah, man. And I think you can really smell that, can't you? Absolutely, man. I think it's something that we're certainly con- we're conscious of that in our songwriting. A lot of people, I mean, personally, that I look up to as songwriters, I think that's can be the number one thing, you know, the number one selling point, the, the number one kind of piece of magnetism is just that, that vulnerability, you know, and being able to kind of express be it their pain or their anguish or just, you know, what, what they're about and what they want to kind of relieve themselves of as um, something I personally really respect about people who make music, you know? It's being human, isn't it? You know, we're not yeah, like, we're not always cool all the time. Yeah, man. And that's, Completely you know, agree. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that maybe such a cliche for me, but you know, it's like the Beatles. There's so many parts, so many songs in there that you're like, Oh my God. Like, there's such a dichotomy between this person that I hold in such high regard. Yeah, man. Also, also like they're 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 feeling some pain that you know might to others seem like silly or something. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I think you know the Beatles are a great example. Um, you know, probably not just kind of following a pu- public opinion. You know, after kind of I want to hold your hand and stuff like that, they probably could have just carried on like that forever, man. And yeah. you know, like yeah. maybe you you too with Joshua Tree. You know, you could just with that kind of success and that kind of public love, you know, you can continue to do that. And I think these bands are great for, you know, just carrying on the path that they, they chose to kind of put themselves on and keep taking risks and keep being creative, you know, keep being honest with their music. Cause as soon as the honesty goes, you know, that's it. It's gone, man. 
one of the things that I find fascinating is, and that is like, you know, a backbone of, of this podcast um, for me anyway, is the, the facts of it, you know, you've got that that requires so much energy and, and so much thought and consideration. And then putting that up against what other people might consider like a reality of making money to pay rent yeah, you know, or, or education or keeping relationships, friendships going. Yeah. There's so much friction between that. Absolutely. I mean, like personally, I have no, there's like no distinction between my personal life and my prof- professional life. You know, it's just one, one been lucky. I've got a lot of people around me that, you know, they understand, you know, my passion for this. Um, yeah. And, you know, and kind of make exceptions for the fucking way that I act 24 <laughs> seven. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think, you know, to, to do it and um, to be con- uh, just, you know, that conviction to be doing it every minute, every day is, you know, I like to like to hope that that comes across in our music and comes across in you know the way that the way that we try and present ourselves. Um, you know, definitely, I think that's something that's important. I think it comes you you know it comes across in you personally as well. You know, I've read a few times that you'd be happy to not be the front person. You know, you'd Absolutely. be happy to, to be a guitarist, <laughs> and you know that's clearly a role that you've you've strode into. Yeah, I, I mean, we've, I mean, growing up as a band when we were at school and stuff like that, you know, we had singers in and out the door. Um, I'm like, you know, watching the singer, watching the singer leave again, like this is going to die, you know, this dream mm. is going to die. And I was, mm. I was always singing in the bedroom, but I necessarily never wanted to be front and center. Right. Um, but I think you know, you know, looking back, and I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I feel like that still because it kind of. Allows me to be again, can I be vulnerable and stuff like that? Uh, vocally, vocally especially, I can be vulnerable and live. You know, in a live setting, I think personally, I love watching a band. You know, when you've still got that kind of that kind of enigma and that kind of uh, suggestion that there's kind of vulnerability on the stage, and um, I think people really connect with that. So it's something that you know, looking back, I'm pretty grateful for. Have there been any moments where you're like? oh fuck man you know like this is this is a bit this is making me this is a bit hard yeah man it's always like it's such an odd every time i feel like that is when people are telling me like that was the best show ever you know that was like how you know but i walk off like devastated you know thinking that was terrible i played terribly um and people you know that's when you get all your great feedback like for example we put to the biggest crowd we ever played was transmit and the main stage and you know like I never, I never look back at that moment as humongous as it was for us as a band. I never look back and think I've really fucking enjoyed that. You know, the whole time I was just like terrified, no. worried, anxious, uh, hating, hating being up there, which is so odd, man. And people always say, you know, that doesn't come across. Um, but I mean, that is, and I, I think it's good. You know, you're you're only human at the end of the day up there, so that you know that performance is such an introduction to so many people yeah man to this to the snuts i mean it was my introduction i was like oh uh-huh. shit i was like i need to listen to this band you know awesome man that's so funny i mean well, i'm glad it comes across like that <laughs> yeah to- totally and i think you know th- there wasn't any part of me that thought oh you know this guy's nervous but there's certainly like an excitement that, that yeah. was pouring out pouring out of you yeah man it's um i think you know you dream of the moments and then when they come they're just never they're never, they're never how you how you thought they would be. Um, I think it's just it's that kind of like sensory overload, you know. Um, and you're you're so focused on being able to like perform, you know, keep keep the muscle memory right, you know, play well, um, entertain the crowd, and you know, just all those different factors. Just when they hit you at one, you're like, like I don't even can hardly remember the performance, you know, just overwhelming, like. 
And you know, like the, the geography of it is obviously going to be important to you as a band. Yeah. You, you talked about, you know, practicing seven days a week, you know, from, from the word go being, being serious about it. Yeah. Was it, is it quite hard? Was it quite hard to take it seriously aged, you know, 15, 16? I think so. I, I mean, I think we learned pretty quickly when we first started playing live at that age, it was like, you know, we treated it the same way we would treat going to someone else's gig, you know, it was a party, it was all our friends, uh, it was just a celebration, you know, and, it, and what what happened with that attitude was it just left, like, a lot to be desired um, performance-wise, you know, it was, there was no, none of the, none of the skill or the professionalism, though, that, you know, is, it, it looks like comes naturally or whatever to, for, like, you know, looking at, looking at musicians or whatever, but, you know, there's a lot of preparation and skill and, you know, just that kind of, being good at what you do you know fundamentally um that we we overlooked in the early days as a band you know and again these this stuff this this was all good lessons for us you know like what not to do <laughs> everyone growing up being into like into music of all sorts what you know everyone wants to be in a band you know it's yeah, such man. a thing i you know our generation our parents generation um not sure before that don't really know <laughs> but do you know what i mean it's one of those things that you can try real hard and not get anywhere yeah, man, absolutely. As 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 an absolute, like, I think um, there is a dedication, you know, to it that requires your twenty four hours a day attention, especially mm. especially as it evolves, man. Um, because I think ideally it would just be like, you know, I just fo- I can just focus on um, making music, and then and that's it, you know. And then, but nowadays it's like the the layers to how people you know, come across you and, you know, how you get into different places, you know, and especially with guitar music, you know, how how do you put yourself in, in, uh, into places where people maybe aren't necessarily interested in guitar music, mm-hmm. Um, you know, with all the different platforms that you need to be a part of, you know, you need to, you need to be a good representation of yourself on all these platforms. So, I mean, the time, the time that you put into, you know, your brand as a band now is yeah. just unbelievable, man. <laughs> We're talking about 101 part-time jobs. I mean, that's like a part-time job to what you do, right? It's outrageous, man. <laughs> you know, we try and do it with our music as well. Um, first and foremost, is just keep keep moving with the times. You know, um, making sure making sure you're a part of the the development of the you know the culture as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. and guitar music. Um, you know, keeping keeping on the wheel and never like saying, well, this is what we do. And it worked ten years ago, so we're gonna keep doing it. You know, it's like we, we, we you need to be developing and um and you know and face and face the the jury, the modern world almost. You know, for real. <laughs> I mean, speaking about those juries, I mean, did you have any other jobs throughout? You know, your late teens. Like, did you have any side jobs to yeah, man, pay well, for practice room and all that? Yeah, man. Well, basically, um, so I man, I left school at like fifteen or something, early fifteen, um. So I was like digging holes for fence posts for about a year and just every day, five in the morning, digging. Uh, and then after that, uh, you know, there was a couple of times in our life, you know, and the boys like Callum's a roofer, Jordan's a mechanic, um, Joe's no a stoner, Joe's a professional stoner. <laughs> um, it's actually funny because I've probably said this in an interview before and I've said Joe's a professional stoner. So on our Wiki- Wikipedia it's like it says Jack Carpenter, Jordan Mechanic, Callum Ruffer, and it says Joe Stonemason when he just loves smoking blow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, there's a couple of times in our life where we felt like, um, you know, there's a good chance this isn't going to happen. 
you know, with the music, you know, and I, I think it's probably pretty, a pretty normal feeling. Um, so we all got a trade, you know, and put put the hours into that as well. And just, you know, um, for where we are from, you know, there's always that big, uh, the big statement, you know, at least you've got something to fall back on. That classic. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, I like. I mean, I like. I always liked my job. I was, I was still creating, you know, in the carpentry and stuff like that. So that and I really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, giving it up for this was something, you know, you don't really think about as much as I love this. I think giving something like that up that I was good at and enjoyed um, was a big risk, you know. Yeah. And the cash flow, you know, you can't. Yeah, man. It's obviously its own thing. Do you know what I mean? That's like a, as much, I was thinking about this this morning, as much as I like hate caring about money, you got to care. You got to care about it. You got to yeah, be man. good at it. Well, that's it. Um, we've, we, we always put, we've always put back into the band, you know, uh, to this day, you know, any sort of cash that comes into the band, that goes back back into the band, you know, we're always upgrading our uh, live setup, you know, always make, always picking holes when we record everything, everything we play, all live sets, um, pick holes and everything that we do, like how does how do we make that better, you know? You still, how do still make, digging holes. Always, man. How do we dig? How's that guitar? You know, that guitar's came in pretty badly. You know, is this the right mic? Is this the right amp? Is this the right guitar? Um, you know, just all and you know, especially this year, I think with the anticipation of live music coming back, we are so focused on like how do we make this like ten times what it was, you know, like we knew we were good at what we did live, but we're like how do we get how do we make that even better? You know, the venues have got to be bigger, there's gotta be more expectation on us, you know, how do we how do we feed that appetite? So we're constantly obsessed with that. <laughs> So all our money, all our money just goes right back into this shit, basically, to answer the question. <laughs> Do you think that you grew up pretty quick, leaving school at 15, getting a job, digging holes? I mean, the way you talk about the band is so, is so on it. Yeah, well, I think, but you've got, what you've got to remember is, like, I'm basically middle-aged in Scotland at the moment. Our life expectancy is, like, 48 or something like that. Is it? <laughs> well, it's not far off it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um... The way we, the way we were like kind of the communities and stuff like that that we were brought up in, and you know the family around about us and just the the general, like kind of culture that we grew up in, like it was a you know hard work, hard work and dedication will be the thing that gets you where you need to be. You know that was kind of instilled into us, yeah. and it wasn't something that I mean personally I found hard to kind of bring over to the music. You know what I mean, and and put that into practice there. I think like the the work was done for me on. You know, I know that to survive, I'm going to have to work hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. No matter what I'm doing, so it naturally slips into the music, um, and I think it's it's great for it's great to have that pressure on yourself because, you know, the amount of pressure on you for outside sources in this game and every everywhere for all angles. You know, as long as I mean, I probably focus on the pressure I put on myself more than any other motherfucker so <laughs> right right I mean, I mean at least it's coming from yourself i mean or is, is that coming from outside sources or is that no nah, i think you? i think it's always been me man i'm like you know i'm always i'll, I'll never be happy with what what we've done you know until until yeah. we're done basically um right. so i think it's just like you know you can always improve especially like in, in a creative in a creative uh field you know there's always there's always some way to um to keep getting better you know and keep and i think sometimes keep getting better just equates to just be more creative you know what i mean like that's kind of what, what i mean maybe when i say that um it's never like about how to be more successful and stuff like that because i mean when that any times i feel like when you're getting any sort of success you don't even notice you've had it till uh, a few months down the line you know it's happening 
and you right. don't even acknowledge it until it's happened anyway so it's too late <laughs> how do you deal with that does that bring any anxiety to you yeah man definitely but i mean i'm i think i'm probably like this anyway regardless of the career um yeah. i'm not a big sleeper or a, a big a big relaxer yeah, uh, longest yeah, yeah. you'll get longest you'll get me to sit down is in an interview like this um <laughs> brilliant but but uh, that's, that's and i think i think it's important man it's important to try for me and try and not uh try and just hopefully channel some of that those anxieties and any kind of the stuff that's kind of kind of vulnerable about about me as a person try and channel that into the songs and into the music um and, and into the projects that we work on and then like you know it's at least it's a place to dump them you know what i mean totally I mean, you know, gearing up to WL, obviously you've been, you know, making it or, in, you know, thinking about it for how long? Years at this Fucking point? 10 years at least, man. Fucking wow. <laughs> so, in, you know, in, in the context of the fence job, I mean, when did you finish the fence job? When did that start? So, I mean, that, I mean, that lasted for about like, I mean, I didn't have any qualifications or nothing leaving school. So it was my uncle had a fencing company and he took me on for... I think like six months. I mean, he expected it to be a few months and I would find something else. And I was like, to be a fencer, you need to be a stocky guy. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard manual labour. And after, I think what actually happens, I went to Teen the Park, maybe about three months into this job. Um, and I didn't take the Monday off. Basically, I didn't get, when they get holidays. Uh, so I came back to Teen the Park, went to, uh, went to work that day, was still in some nick. And um, my uncle just took one look at me like, right, your your this job is no longer yours, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, funny. after that, you know, I found my way. I, I met a great guy who kind of gave me an apprenticeship. Um, mm-hmm. just kept that work ethic up, you know, and you yeah. know, kept kept me driven and stuff like that. Because I think you know, I find that a lot of kind of young guys, especially where I'm from, you know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to be motivated, you know, when you don't know what you want to do, man. It's something that's a problem that you see right across. Uh, landscape man so I think just having having good influences in your life and stuff like that who have worked hard to be with us certainly been important for me that's such a big one you know how many people in our generation are freaking out because they don't know what to do it's yeah man it's it's a bit of a bit of a disease isn't it yeah man this is something you know and I think it's, it's like the root of that problem is much deeper as well you know there's a lot of there's a lot of um kind of side notes to why that why that's happening you know and there's a lot of kind of social inequalities and stuff like that in these towns and there's a lot of um you know young people not speaking about what um what they're feeling and you know don't know where to go and don't know what to do to change the positions they're in and i think again i mean it's that's something that, that inspires me and you know trying i try and put that in songs you know anything that goes in my songs going kind of subconsciously and then you know after that i don't know what i'll say that's what that line's about, and that's what that line's about, or whatever. But yeah, uh, I think it's I think it'd be great if we can you know if we with our music, we could open up mm-hmm. at least at least those discussions among each other. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was watching that Billie Eilish documentary on Apple, and it's amazing. And her, there's a bit where her mum, Billie Eilish's mum, talks about people always go on about how the younger generation are spoiled. They got this and that, but they're always complaining. It's like. Nah, man. Young people are like born into a world that's completely fucked. There's like uh, there's war. There's war all the time. The yep. economy's in a state. Like you can only go. You can only get education if you're if you're born into some bit of money. Yeah. Uh, there's there's so much to be to be freaking out about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, just the 
I mean, you know, the the wealth of information now is like just something that for the first time in history where you just you can see everything that's happening, you know everything that's happening, you're getting you know, you're getting fucking divided by yeah. your fucking the media on your phone screen, you know, you're being clickbaited into fucking opinions that, that aren't yours and you don't understand and it's just I think that that we're like we're like a social fucking experiment, the young young generation and nobody knows how it's going to turn out and it doesn't look very fucking it looks pretty bleak, you know. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. results of that experiment, as you, if you were to look across mm-hmm. the board, man. Um, so I certainly, I think it's, man, I think it's good, and I think it's, I think it's good for you know to be to be trying to be creative, you know. The now that's my point, kind of thing, and you know, and looking at looking at people around you who you know are working hard and getting places like Capaldi, for example. You know, I think the boom in my hometown of people who believe in themselves musically after seeing the success of Capaldi, and hopefully people. You know, seeing what we do, is it's just boomed. You know, people are picking up guitars, uh, they're writing songs. You know, they're playing in playing in pubs and clubs, and you know, just being generally inspired to, you know, if if he can do it, why can I do it? You know, if they can do it, if she can do it, why can I do it? Um, I think there's something in that. You know, there's a lot of empowerment in there, isn't there? Yeah, man. Yeah, and Sam Fender as well. I'm just thinking because yeah, you know, you, you know, pop music's so London centric. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm from the outskirts. I'm from Watford, so I don't, I can't really see it so objectively. But has that affected the way that you know you've organised yourself? Uh, I think so. I mean, maybe kind of in terms of like, I think you can only ever really speak about the music scene that you you know almost. I think sometimes you know the politics, the other scenes, and stuff like that just completely pass you by. You don't know anything about it. But certainly yeah. for us grow, growing up, we we stay in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, so there was a big scene in Glasgow and there was a big scene in Edinburgh and, you know, we were kind of in this middle zone where didn't necessarily fit into any of those cliques and uh, our music certainly never either, right. um, sonically. So I think that was, that was if anything, was the best thing that could have happened to us, you know, because it just gave us that ambition to go, like, we can fucking do this on our own kind of thing. Um, we don't need to be part of anything to have our voices heard here. Um, and, you know, I've heard stories like, you know, like, uh, like I'm a massive Ben Howard fan, and uh, hearing about like Ben Howard kind of playing outside that London scene was one of the best things that happened to him. You know, because he, he was just out there on his own, yeah. and people people started yeah. going, you know, they maybe wasn't wasn't finding his cell at the start and these gigs, you know, in the positions that he should have been, but you know, but but by not being in that concentration, you know, being in that rat race. I think is something that really does allow you um, to to get on the ladder at least because you know the ladder only fucking takes you to the next rat race anyway. Totally. <laughs> Do you totally. know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I know that. I know that. I mean, I wonder, you know, to to relate it to the to the point before, you know, this kind of empathy thing. I, I you know, I wonder if people have more empathy when you're not always like looking at what's going to be the next thing in town. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, man. I wonder if there is a connection there. Yeah, I think I think just having that perspective, um, and I just I mean for me, be just being honest with your music and and you know being creative to whatever like parameters you decide create creativity is, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's what people always respond to anyway. You know, people respond to that that hard work and uh, creative, honest music, man. That's like it's, that's probably the only thing about music that stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um and it's mm-hmm. it's not and and that doesn't change kind of generationally or anything you know 
the same bands that worked hard and were creative and honest with their music and throughout time always seem to be able to poke poke their heads up above the water and you know yeah, yeah, and people yeah. kind of people take it on board and and connect with it ultimately and speaking of glasgow you just gave a heap of money to a glasgow refugee charity that's amazing work well done oh, thanks man it's something like uh something we've always kind of been interested in uh we do like a like a food bank stuff uh it's something we've always uh been interested in trying to give a wee bit back um i don't think we're necessarily driven financially anyway at this at this stage of your career you know we're just driven musically um and our label you know we're really supportive on that front you know said so do whatever you want with the money the song that the video is for somebody loves you has like you know all the themes that are in that song the kind of togetherness community uh, empathy hope fucking love all the all the good stuff man i feel like it was kind of embodied with the work that this charity scottish refugee council do Anyway, and for me, it just made sense to to bring them on board and help help uh, in whatever way we could, you know, use use whatever platform we have just to, you know, if it's a few months, you're just having their voices heard more than normally would. For me, that's, mm-hmm. I feel like we're making a, a direct difference, you know. Um, I think that's something it's kind of lacking, man, now in today's society is like try to be direct with the difference that you're making, you know. It's, it's, I mean, it's great that it's great that everybody wants to have these discussions now, but it needs to be more than than sharing a post or sharing a sharing or something. You know, if you want to make if you want to make direct change, you've got to be direct. Um, you know, what I mean, you can't. I think that I think that was not. I'm not trying to blow on whistles in any way. Just, but it's just I think that it's nice to be able to do something that is quite direct in this day and age. Yeah, you know? and and for a generation where you know maybe we don't have that empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, built in us necessarily people are going to respond to that that's that's going to resonate with so many people and more importantly it's going to you know share that because that yeah. stuff that stuff is infectious because yeah, you, you feel good about it yeah 100 percent. that's and that's that's the thing and it's like uh it's quite difficult and like today's like today now you know how to approach stuff like this you know because you you always want to be really sensitive in how you approach things and you know um you, everybody's there's just so much out there you're just ignorant to so many things um mm-hmm. and just being able to like work with the charity and stuff like that you know it was educational for us you know and the things that we don't know about and you know uh a lot of the issues that are like right under your nose and you know you don't know anything about you don't even know how to conversate like you, well if, if that's a word you don't know how to have yeah, the yeah. conversations you know what i mean um yeah, yeah. so it was it was like it was a great experience for us and it came at the perfect time um in the lockdown and stuff like that it was nice to just kind of vent all those emotions that everybody's having and just kind of put it in one place and kind of be direct about it totally totally well it's, it's been a total pleasure getting to always chat this stuff. it's great to hear you know people who love your band it's great for for people to to hear what you got to say you know i think that's the, that's the that's a platform right absolutely man you don't actually get you don't get a, you know it's so easy to say things now in this day and age but see to get a chance to just you know, just rack it out um, and talk some shit, man. It's good. Totally, so, totally. Appreciate it, man. I think it's, you know, talk about that platform. Are you constantly stepping it up for I think so. I think so. You know, we always have kind of ambitions about, you know, when we set out on a project or anything that we do or on a track, um, you know, always kind of envision where, where we think it could be and where we'd want it to be mm. um, received. But, you know, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy if people... Um, just take your time to delve into it a bit. Um, 
try and understand it and stuff like that. It's something when I listen to music, I think a lot of it is, you know, just try to understand what I'm listening to, what 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 whoever's writing it, what they're thinking, does that apply to me? Do I feel like that? Is this a way for me to, you know, acknowledge that or whatever? So I hope that my big hope for the record is that people can just um you know, absorb it, absorb it in that sense, and uh, just find out what it's all about, and you know, just get in, get in touch with the themes that are right throughout it, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned earlier about you know, it's interesting to look at the way people digest music now. You know, it goes without saying, people will listen to a record once and maybe you know, maybe not go back to it again, which is yeah, is which is dangerous, and it's pretty, you know it's pretty sad because some of our favorite records are the ones that didn't click for, for yeah. a couple, for a couple of times. I mean, you know, have you had that, you know, making the record, was that always on your mind about how, you know, obviously you want something that, for people to really buy into. Yeah. And um, sometimes I that mean, takes time. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think what's good about this record is, um, it's, you know, it's pretty reflective and it's, um, it's got the benefit of time. Um, and, and how long we've been thinking about it and, you know, and how it ties together. And, you know, and there's also, there's just a luck, you know, a blind luck of how things come together. You know, when you, yeah. when you try and stay on the same path, um, you know, the one you, you set out on and, you know, you make sacrifices along the way and you, you always make sacrifices with your music as well. And you'd be lying if you say you didn't. And I'm just kind of really proud how this one's just with a bit of blind luck and faith has came together into something that, that packages up everything I'm certainly trying to say and have been trying to say and the boys have been playing, you know, uh, playing their hearts out on. Uh, so I hope that comes across. That's my big one for the record. I think you're really good at, you know, having a having an instant hook and then having those layers as well. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that. I mean, that's, uh, again, it's blind luck, man, isn't it? You know, never set out, you know, never set out to go, this song has, to, I think every time you sit down and write a song, you go, I want to go, See if you sit down and write a song and you say, I want this to have a massive, a massive catchy hook and I want people to jump around to it. Um it never it never works. And if you sit down and say, I want to have this super sad song that people really connect with emotionally, it never works. That's what I find. So I'm just like, whatever's happening in the moment is usually better than the fucking thing that you thought you were going to do with it. You know what I mean? It always seems to be a bit better. So blind luck and faith, man, the classics. Totally. <laughs> It's weird to think, have that thought in an industry where you try and plan out so much. Yeah, man. You're planning out things, you're putting a structure on things that are created out of not planning. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and we've been lucky enough to be in with some producers um, just with real real experience and real insight. You know, I think that's something that we've been really blessed with, um, meeting people who, who just really know, they know the pitfalls and stuff like that in making music. You know, everybody thinks they know how to make music. Um, but you know, there's a certain class of individual I think that knows to you know knows when to stop something that's bad and when to continue something that's good. You know, um, a lot of a lot of our music was made really in the moment and uh, with momentum and stuff like that. And then you know, and there's other stuff that was that we pick up after five years. You know, and we never never finish it. And then while we're in that creative zone, man, you're like, we can finish that now. You know, there was no, there was no hurdle to go over with some of those tracks. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we've, we've been really lucky um, to be able just to be a band, man, and to get a chance to make a record and 
you know, and just to be at a stage where we're going to put the record out and so many people already know what 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 we're doing and you know and uh, anticipating the record's just a nice feeling, man. Brilliant, legend, Jack. So good to hear, man. I'm Thanks so a lot, excited. Man. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, man. It's got it's fucking taking forever, man. I just want to <laughs> <laughs> get on to the next one. That is the kind of attitude that I like. There we go. Jack from the Snuts. If you haven't bought your copy of WL during listening to this, what are you doing? Go ahead and do that right now. Let's get them to number one. What a story that would be. Cheers for listening as always. See you next week. Here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day for me mate on the side. Running around like a blue ass fly. I've been working. Yeah, I've been working all day for me mate. Every bleeding minute I've been on the go. Up and down the ladder like a fiddler's elbow. I've been working. Yeah, I've been working all day for me mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.